everybody, welcome to the Market Moment. This is Matt here with Eli mm -hmm. and Lee. Men, <laughs> how are we doing? <laughs> well, I never know how to start this thing. Well, we used to be excited to talk about college football. Yeah, <laughs> don't bring that up. Wait, no kidding. Are we not excited to talk oh, about hush. college football? No. Oklahoma State's like won their last two games, and yeah, Eli's on a high. I'm going to celebrate while I can. Yeah. Um, it's almost basketball season. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> it's the middle of October, and we're getting geared up for spring sports. Yeah. But. Yeah, Bennett starts basketball here in the next, I think the next month, and I'm coaching, so it's going to get real. Halloween is next week, guys. I mean, November mm -hmm. is next week. I think I might go buy one of those, like, marker boards that has, like, the courts on it. And yeah. Just, like, be, be, this is going to be the be real official. deal this year. Yeah. And then you can um, – are you coaching this basketball team? Yeah. Find a time at some point to, like, snap it. I know. Half. You have to. You have to. You know, that'd be awesome. It's not upward, so I think I could get away yeah. with that. <laughs> you know, uh, if I, I mean, this this year, guys, has flown. Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, literally. I mean, we're almost November. We, a week from tomorrow is November. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's it has flown by. Hey, before Matt does his public announcements, if anyone's going to be at the Fayetteville 5K or 10K. Oh, brother. All of the Gosh. advisors are running in it, so so make sure and come down. Yeah, cheer, wave, say hi to us. Taunt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we are, we are all running in that. It should be uh, both fun and miserable and very entertaining. All We've got two of us running in the five k, and it, the only three reason, of us in the. See, 10K. this is I know this is frustrating that Eli even mentioned this because the rest of us are going to like struggle through this. Yeah, and Eli's just excited and he wanted to share that because. I mean, he's going to probably have his cup he's of coffee. He's really good at this. Yes, he is. And he's going to fly through it. And yeah. so it makes the rest of us look bad. So I just wanted to make sure everybody knew why you had to bring that up. That was not sufficient um, the, whatsoever. <laughs> so anyway, so, yeah, that's in December. Yeah. So. It'll probably be like 28 and get, snowing. Yeah, sleet. <laughs> All right. We'll anyways, give everyone get, updates as getting, we get closer. <laughs> getting into the, to the market and what happened last week. Looking at the uh, the major indexes, S and P down two point four, Nasdaq down three point two, and the Dow down one point six. Saw a little bit of pressure on markets last week. We had yields that you know spiked five percent. Yeah, the ten uh, the two year jumped above five percent. Mortgage rates hit eight percent. Um, anything other than that, or is that kind of? I think that was the big story last week. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think the market that sold off. The the markets, you know, kind of digested the Middle East issue. But you get the you get the interest rates around five percent, and um, that's a whole different ballgame. Mm -hmm. We haven't seen that in you yeah. Know, it's kind of the decades. next level, right? Sure. I mean, so it was, it, they've been in the fours for a long time, and you hit kind of that next nice round number, and it's just something else for the markets to adjust to and react to. And so um, that all happened last week. So we saw, but this week's been positive so far. I think and the it, markets opened up positive you know, this it's morning. It's so interesting that. You know, in the pre-markets, the the ten-year hits five. You know, and futures are down significantly. And then, you know, by the afternoon, yeah. the ten-year has fallen into the upper four nines, and the market rallies. Market. Mm -hmm. yeah. So it just, I think five is a. It's emotional. Know, it is. It's an emotional. It's a mental thing that we haven't seen in a long time. Mm -hmm. And like you said, it's just another threshold. I don't think it's going to stay above there, but. I remember listening to podcast maybe a year, year and a half ago, and they were, it's probably a year and a half ago, come to think about it, but they said, 
if the 10-year treasury hits 4%, then the stock market will crash because everyone's going to want to move their money into treasuries. Yeah. And and it's been a year and a half later. Now we're at 5%. The stock market's up from that time, yeah. probably 12 15%. Yeah. Yeah. So just a really interesting thing to see. About a year ago, I think it was the 10-year tr- the was at like 3 and a half, mm-hmm. and now it's at 5 it's just getting closer and closer to the that uh, yield curve actually coming back to a, yeah. a positive between short term and long term. It's a good reminder that investing is really, really hard. Difficult. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's not. It's not a one plus one equals two. Um, and even when it is, it's often not in the time period that you That's would correct. expect. And so it's just really hard. And so it, it, anyone who tries to simplify it or make it sound like it's just easy. Um, I don't think it's doing anyone a favor. Well, and I think that's that gives credence to the, you know, it's a long-term mm-hmm. deal. You know, trying to time this market would be almost impossible. Mm-hmm. And so that's why we, you know, we try to build portfolios. and You make adjustments along sure, the way, and you get more sure. defensive, more aggressive. But, yeah, you don't want to get caught where you're trying to guess and nail the timing. Yeah. You know, by going all in or all out. So. Yep. Um, so speaking about treasury rates, 10-year treasury yield across 5% for the first time in 16 years. Jerome Powell spoke on that last week. Um, you know, and the spike came after his comments at the Economic Club of New York. Take a listen. We have, we have models for everything. We have formulas for everything. Ultimately, as a practitioner, mm-hmm. we have to, you know, be focused on what the economy is telling us, even taking lags into account. What's it telling us? Does, does it feel like policy is too tight right now? I would have to say no. I think the evidence is not that a policy is too tight right now. When he made those comments last week, yeah, the markets didn't like it. Yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. I there, I just I would love to have some inside knowledge into what they talk about and what they look at and how they go about their decision making process. Um, is it truly just like looking at the numbers and saying like, is their decision making one plus one equals two, or is there some like? feel to it right yeah mm-hmm. and and it, it it just doesn't feel like we're there yet i don't know what are your thoughts do you think they you know he, he seems to be maybe not the most hawkish on the federal reserve board you know because you're beginning to hear mm-hmm. some of the other governors speak to say you know maybe we continue this pause maybe we've seen enough you know i don't know i mean it's just you know, I, I know he doesn't have money in the markets. You know, I'm sure it's in a blind trust. But every once in a while, you think, "Are you just shorting this <laughs> this market?" Um, but no, I, 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 it would be interesting to see if you went behind the curtain to see exactly how they come up with their rationale. Mm-hmm. But I think you, like I said, you are hearing more and more of his of the policymakers beginning to say, "Hey, maybe we've done enough." Mm-hmm. Well. He's speaking in very, very broad terms. So what he's talking about is the overall economy looks like it's still in good shape. But you can find, and you don't have to go far to find sectors that are struggling. Sure. You look at you look at um, housing. Well, housing is basically upside down right now. You look at uh, some of the different sectors. Their technology soared, but there's other sectors that haven't done well. Their earnings are down. It, it looks weaker. So, it, yes, overall the economy looks okay we've, we've seen economic growth but there's still inklings of hey what you're doing is putting pressure and it is slowing i mean you can just think about i was having a conversation with a, a local banker here and he was talking about the different banks and how 
most local banks are starting to draw back their lending. Well, you, they can sit on their cash. They can make 5%. They don't have to go out and take risk to, to lend it. You do that, and you compound it from Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas, and you do that to different cities. Well, that, that'll put a dampen on the economy sure. just because now banks are getting paid to 5 6% when they used to make zero. Well, and, I, and I think that's one of the reasons that maybe the Fed is done because the local banks mm-hmm. are kind of doing their job for them. Yeah. You know, they may not have to continue to raise rates because, you know, the Arvest of the world mm-hmm. and the Sterlings and the Great Westerns are, are going to do their job for them. Yeah. And I we think, just had a bunch of bank earnings and banks' earnings have come out w- way ahead of yeah. what people were anticipating. Yeah, ahead, I think sorry. I think the one of the big points that that maybe has been um, stickier to turn you know before turning over has been we talked about this recently, but the jobs market, and I think that's been one thing that they've they've if I were guessing that they're leaning on it's like hey, labor market's still super tight historically speaking, and so things can't be too bad mm-hmm. if that number is still as low yeah. as it is, and I I think they're. They're putting a lot of weight in that. Now, that can change quickly, as we've learned. Um, but, you know, I still kind of think until that starts to go the other direction, they're going to feel pressure to maybe keep things tighter. Well, it's like the, pod- the podcast that we listened to, you know, was saying, you know, a struggling economy is not one that's generating two to 300,000 jobs a month. A month, mm-hmm. right. I mean, that is not a an economy that is hurting Mm -hmm. yeah and you saw you know this was this made headlines in the last week or so you know bill ackman had a big short position on (laughs) long-term bonds and so you know expecting rates to continue to go up therefore the price of those bonds going down so he was short um but he just removed that he just covered Mm -hmm. that short position saying he was too much they're saying there's (laughs) too much risk in the world you know and in essence saying hey there's too many things that could kind of happen that would make yields start to pull back really quickly. Yeah. Um, so I thought that was that was interesting. It was a profitable trade for him, yeah. right? <laughs> yes, I mean, it was. But I think it was it was interesting that he went ahead and covered it, yeah. you know, just because of everything going on right mm-hmm. now. So, all right, switching topics. GM pulls guidance. So General Motors beat third quarter expectations, but it's pulling previous, uh, previous earnings guidance for the year. The labor strikes have cost GM $800 million in pre-tax earnings and then more than 40000 UAW Union workers are on strike um, across plants at GM, Ford, and Stellantis. Um, Stellantis, Chrysler? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Okay. You know, <clears throat> Mary Barra was on CNBC just as we came in this morning um, to do this podcast. You know, and you know, they're kind of drawing a line in the sand of saying, you know, we, you know we've, we've given about as much as we can give in these negotiations with the UAW. They're just they're not going to go crazy and increase costs just to satisfy a union. So, mm-hmm. you know, when this first started, what, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, it was a few select plants. Well, it is beginning to spread. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it is going to affect GM's production, Ford's production, Stellantis's production, um, you know, the, which could in effect cause the prices of cars to go up. Sure, it could. You know, the Just, winner in a lot of this mm-hmm. is That's probably Tesla. <laughs> you know, I mean, a lot of people think that Tesla is a winner in mm-hmm. in a lot of this. But, you know, you know, I don't know. It, it, 
it is it is beginning to be painful. Mm-hmm. You know, initially it was like, okay, they can weather it. But, I mean, the, the union means business. And then, I, yeah. anyway, I thought Barra's comments this morning were very profound in that, you know what, we're just not going to continue to give in. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we have a line, and we're not going to cross it. So we'll see who blinks. But the two two primary things leading inflation right now, housing and cars. Cars, yeah. So, so <laughs> this is just another part of – well, inflation could be a little bit sticky, and I think 2%, like we've talked about, arbitrary target, but it could be a little bit sticky if so- stuff like this continues and persists. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> All right. I have no comments on that, so I'm None? not anything. No. <laughs> uh, uh, wealthy. How wealthy is wealthy? New survey shows 59% the survey by LendingTree. 59% of Americans think they'll never um, – be become wealthy. So what is wealthy? According to research by Yahoo Finance, looking at the top 10% of households by income, the net worth of the median American is 2.6 million. Um, that's in the top 10% of households. So, but in a recent survey, Americans considered 2.2 million to be wealthy. 2020 survey takers thought, thought you needed 2.6. The average net worth of Americans who feel wealthy in 2023 is 560,000. Eli, you sent something out this morning talking about mm-hmm. something very similar in terms of like, you know, how uh, wealth and happiness and mm-hmm. what is wealthy. So what are your thoughts? Yeah, it's interesting to look at how Americans don't feel wealthy and how there's so much bad to talk about. And I even talk about it all the time, about how for for a young person to go out and buy a house is incredibly difficult and extremely expensive relative to medians looking back historically. Yeah. But there was an article by by someone I really like to read his blog. It's Ben Carlson. And the title of the article, if you want to look it up, is Americans have never been wealthier and no one is happy. And here's here's a stat that he says. Real median net worth for U.S. households was up 37% from 2019 to 2022. Okay. While net worth grew 37%, total household debt grew less than 4%. Hmm. So you look at that and you go back to history. Our, our net worth, now medians can be skewed, averages can be skewed, yeah. especially with the ultra-wealthy probably being a, a large percentage of that. But going up 37% in three years, people have grown in wealth. And he goes on to say even, and that's not just because of people's houses going up. Right. Renters actually grew faster in net worth than people who are homeowners. Huh. So really interesting. He goes in and he shows like under 35 years old, and those were the people that grew in net worth more than other other ages. So interesting. There's there's a difference between what's actually happening and what feels like it's happening. Absolutely. Well, wealth. It's a good example that wealth doesn't buy happiness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Perceived or otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what I mean, what, let me ask you guys that. What, what? How much money does someone have to have, or what is the? What feels wealthy to you? And this is a little different. I mean, we talk money and deal with money every day, and you know, I, so maybe it's a little skewed. But liquid, you know, you've always heard land rich, cash poor. I mean, mm-hmm. but I've kind of always in my mind had a two million dollar figure. I, I don't know why, um, and 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 I'm sure it's probably realistically it's a lot less. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have zero debt, then you might feel pretty wealthy mm-hmm. with. $500,000. And I think some of it has to do with, like, how old are you, too? Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. if you're 37 and you're sitting on a million bucks, 
You're really not going to like my answer. Like, you know, one of, one of my one of my kids he has got like twelve million dollars. <laughs> you know, one of my one of my teenagers has got a thousand dollars in the bank. You uh-huh. know, they probably think yeah, they feel loaded. <laughs> they're absolutely. So that's actually so. Fifty-seven percent of Americans don't have a thousand dollars in their bank account. So, so over half of Americans don't have a thousand dollars. So, wealthy is having over a thousand dollars in your bank account. Yeah. Like, relative to standards, right? So, and I well, think it depends on what re- you look rest at. Rest of the world. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like when yeah. you take into account the world, I saw a stat the other day that was like, if you make forty thousand dollars, you're in the top one percent. Mm-hmm of earners in the world yeah. 40,000 you know and so Mary Grace and I were in the Dominican Republic back in April <laughs> to start talking about vacation while talking about well not to brag and, <laughs> <laughs> and we were talking uh, with one of the locals there and he was saying that uh, it was like 60 or 70 percent of the the people in the Dominican Republic live on less than two dollars a day two dollars yeah. two dollars a day yeah so I don't know you know, I think if you ask most of our clients up and down, mm-hmm. I think if you ask most of them, most of them would say they do not feel wealthy. Mm-hmm. It's wealth. Yeah. Wealth is it, the next level. It, that's exactly right. Yeah. And I don't think that's a greed. I don't think that's a, 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 a <clears throat> you know a desire to be better. I think it's just most most people that we work with don't consider themselves wealthy whether they've got 50,000 or 5 million. Do you think that has something to do with just because, you know, typically as well, our wealth increases, so does our standard of living. Sure. And so and you so don't our circles. You don't feel like you're entering into that next level from a wealth perspective. Maybe you are from a standard of living and lifestyle perspective mm-hmm. and but I not think with from a true wealth. I think and I think with older clients, if you will, or older people, they may realize that it can be gone quickly yeah you know um you know my parents you know they have that mentality of well it, you know we can lose it or some mm-hmm. event could happen and you know it all be gone so i think some of that is not only that next level but it's also the feeling of it could be gone mm-hmm. so it's interesting yeah it's i think it's really interesting um, just the percent what people's perception is and um how they view wealth and what that level is yeah. for them. But I think you made a good point earlier on, like, depends on how much debt you have. And, you know, I think financial freedom, which is different than wealth. Absolutely. But financial freedom can come at many different levels for different people, depending on age, mm-hmm. lifestyle, amount of debt you have, and all of those things. Um, so, you know, everybody's number is different, everybody, but how wealth is perceived is, is harder to, like, put a number mm-hmm. on. And You know, going back a few years, there was a commercial, and I can't remember, maybe it was Voya. Um, anyway, there was a TV commercial. Yeah. That like, was always, a, what's your number? What's your number? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that, drove, it, that drove me nuts. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. Um, anyway, and th- they were kind of talking about that. It's like, what's that number that you feel wealthy or, mm-hmm. or rich or well taken care of? Anyway, I thought it was interesting. And I think I think it is like the if you make forty thousand, you're in the top one percent earners in the world. That's good perspective to have. Sure, it is. Like we all need that like grounding kind of perspective of like we are all extremely blessed. If you live here in America and you've you know been afforded the opportunity to have a job, no matter what it is, and you, like 
you're doing well, relatively speaking, to yeah. most people. And we're not talking about a small amount. I mean, we're talking about billions of people mm-hmm. around the world that are, you know, that don't have the opportunities that many and most of us have had. Um, so I think it's a good reminder. I think a good way you could piggyback off of that is to view wealth, you have to view what are your concerns. So if your concerns are what's the next car, what's the next house, what's the next purchase that I'm going to make, well, that's not concerns. If your concerns are where's the next food, where's the next meal coming mm-hmm. from, what am I, how am I going to keep my family safe, that's, that's the difference in wealth, in my opinion. Yeah. But that's why I said you're not going to like mine because it's not a big number whatsoever yeah. in, from American standards. Yeah. Um, well, any parting thoughts for the day? No. I mean, that's – I don't know. It, it, I've always been a big believer in, you know, mission trips, you know, taking trips like that to where – I mean, I think it's good for our children um, to see. You know, it doesn't always have to be in Dominican or Central America. I mean, it can be other parts of Arkansas mm-hmm, or the United sure. States to just – you know, it, it keeps you grounded on, on how truly blessed You don't are. have to – you know, we've been – we've been in this, you know, foster community for a while now. You don't have to look very far to find people that, you know, are, don't, aren't as fortunate as, as we are. And, um, I think our pastor, I forget who it was. I think it was our pastor, like maybe a year ago or something said, you know, if you don't know someone who's not a believer and is not as fortunate as you, shame on you. Mm. And that was a little bit of a like, we tend to surround ourselves with people that are like us, like us, yeah. same lifestyle, same comfort level. And if those are the only people, you know, <clears throat> kind of shame on you and not to get too preachy, but I yeah. think it's a good, it's a good reminder for yeah, sure. It is. So as always, um, I feel like we should end with like a Bible verse now. <laughs> <laughs> Can I do the thought of the day? Yeah, you got it. So I have a Twitter just so I could follow different people who post financial. You have an X. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Be careful. Fake, fake fan. Yeah, down in Texas. And the, <laughs> Nick, Nick Majuli <laughs> said, the top financial regrets among Americans are not starting to save for retirement, relying too much on credit cards, and not having an emergency fund. If these aren't problems for you, then stop worrying about your spending. You probably won't regret it later. Hmm. Interesting. That was good. Yeah, that is good. That's my thought of the day. All right. Anything else? No, that's if, it. If you know, if they like it, if they like the podcast, go and subscribe to our um, YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the YouTube channel. Um, you can get all we, the videos. That we've come plugged, out. you know, David's book, Mission Focus, Purpose, Purpose Driven, for a few weeks. Um, we encourage people to to go to our website and and check that out. Get a digital copy. Get a you know order a print copy from Amazon. But no, if you do like the YouTube videos, be sure and go out and subscribe and tell your friends we're trying to build a a bigger subscriber base Mm -hmm. of of what we're doing here absolutely so having a little fun doing a little education yeah maybe more on the have fun side yeah (laughs) we enjoy doing them for sure all right we appreciate you guys look forward to seeing you next week that the hosts of the show are employees of Mach 1 Financial Group. This podcast is for informational purposes only and nothing said in the show should be taken as investment advice. Employees and clients of Mach 1 Financial Group may maintain positions in the securities or strategies discussed.
Mach 1 Financial Group, LLC. Mach 1 is an SEC-registered investment advisor located in Rogers, Arkansas. Mach 1 may only transact business in those states in which it maintains a notice filing or qualifies for an exemption or exclusion from registration requirements. SEC registration does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission, nor does it indicate that the advisor has attained a particular level of skill or ability. Third-party ratings and recognitions are no guarantee of future investment success and do not ensure that a client or prospective client will experience a higher level of performance or results. These ratings should not be construed as an endorsement of the advisor by any client, nor are they representative of any one client's evaluation. All investment strategies have the potential for profit and loss, including the loss of principal. Actual account results may have been higher or lower than the results mentioned, depending on an individual's investment timing, cash movement, size of the account, and client restriction. Past performance is not indicative of future results. For full disclosures, please see mock-1financial.com disclosures.